So it's called Maranatha Bible Camp. Uh, my dad actually has been at the camp ministry for almost 50 years. And he actually grew up in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. And some of you are like, now, now tell me, your dad left Steamboat Springs to go to Nebraska? Is that? And some of you saw that video and you're like, surely that was shot somewhere else other than Nebraska. But for some reason, God's given us 300 acres that are gorgeous like that and a lake. And we have youth groups from Colorado come to Nebraska because we have a lake that they can swim in and powerboat in and have a lot of fun in. So half, I would say, of our guests every summer come four hours down the road on I-80 and come to Maranatha uh, from Colorado. And so it was really neat when I found out that uh, Matt and his family are, are pastoring still here in Loveland. When my wife and I moved back five years ago from, actually we were in Los Angeles where I was a pastor, and come back, I've come back to my roots, come back home. And I said, Matt, or maybe, I don't even know what it was, maybe you contacted me first and said, hey, I know you're back at camp. We could use a Sabbath rest as a family. And I think it was, were you doing a sabbatical? And it was just great to minister to their family. And then each year they've come back, they've brought more families with them. So it was neat. I, I think Kate and Jeremy, we were just talking. This, it's your second summer? That was your first. Okay. I know you brought some families that I think it was their second summer. And it's been neat to just have our camp be able to bless families, you know, ministers of God that are part of Redemption Church, and to just pour into you guys for a week and send you back, hopefully more rested, more healthy, more whole. Uh, you got to play and have fun as a family. And really have this idea of Sabbath rest, even though that's an Old Testament kind of idea, this Sabbath, but to still get away, come away by yourselves, get some rest. And I feel like that's what my wife and I are called to after being a pastor ourselves for 15 years, helping plant churches in Colorado, Nebraska, California, we've come back to run a camping ministry for a handful of years. And we have a 12 and a 15-year-old and a 16-year-old, and get to do that as a family together is very rewarding. But at the end of the day, we're not a church. Like, we're not God's plan A and plan B and plan C. Like, the church is God's plan, Right? to just to, to just put Christ on display. But as a camp ministry, we can encourage the local church and families in the local church. And so again, we'd love to encourage and bless you. And thank you for supporting in a very indirect way by just coming and being a part of our family ministry as a church. It blesses us. It encourages us. Encourages us. And so we're here over Labor Day weekend getting to enjoy the smoke but yet, we love, the front, we love the front range. We lived here for almost 10 years. And um, I'm fourth generation from Colorado, so it's always fun to come back, back here and just spend the weekend. And, and thank you for encouraging us, you know, Matt and your family, uh, for having us here. It builds us up as ministers in a different kind of ministry, a camping ministry, but one that we hope is blessing Redemption Church too. So I'm going to talk about Sabbath rest. And I felt like that, that first song was like, was day one of chapel at camp. And it was just, it, it just sort of like, wow, got, got chills. Um, and the idea of camp is not just, okay, come and get away and rest. No, no, this summer we had seven weeks of high energy youth and family camps because people did not want to just come away and rest. They wanted to get out and play, to be in the beautiful cathedral of God's outdoors. But the idea of still coming away, investing in yourselves as a family 
as a husband and a wife and connecting with your kids, coming away is the whole idea of Sabbath rest. And there's a whole bigger, deeper meaning than just this time and this space of, of getting away or quieting down uh, and, and resting, which we'll get into in God's word here this morning, okay? Um, you don't have to turn here, and it's not even one of the scripture verses on your handouts, but the first page of the Bible in Genesis 2, the first page of the Bible, it talks about this idea of rest, and it's just with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's just with God. And it says here in Genesis at the beginning of chapter 2, on the seventh day, God finished all of his work he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all of the work that he had done. I didn't just repeat myself. I'm just reading scripture here. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested, and here it is again, from all of the work that he had done in creation. So in just in two verses, page one of the Bible, the beginning of creation, God worked and worked and worked, it said, he said, for six days. And I'm sure creating a universe is heavy lifting. God did it in six days. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm fatigued and worn out. I need a, I need a rest. But he, he's modeling the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, modeling this idea of a rhythm of work. Work's a good thing. That, that happened before the fall, before sin, before the curse. There's work. And God worked and he worked and he worked. But then it says three times, but then he rested. And on the seventh day, he rested. And on the seventh day, he rested. So we cannot miss, even though the idea of Sabbath, some of you are like, wait, 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 wait. isn't that a, just a nation of Israel thing? Isn't that just a, a Jewish practice? No, no, before it was even called Sabbath in the Bible, there's this idea of work, right? Work, and you're going, and you're going. Anybody, can anybody relate? Yeah, we've got teenagers. We can relate. We're going, 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 going. And even we're excited after the lockdown to be going. Our kids are excited to be going again. But there's still this idea of quieting down, hearing God speak, reflecting on these truths that we just sang together, of, of our freedom in Christ, of who we are as God's children. And I want to just challenge us this morning that the Sabbath is a couple of different things. It's a both and. Meaning, on one hand, it is and it can be this intentional day or half day or time and space in your week, it can be an intentional just rest. Some other sort of rhythm than just hustle and bustle. Even just being together again like this. Singing, celebrating, saying hi to each other, mingling, mixing it up, hearing from God's word, praying together. That's a weekly rhythm in the life of a Christ follower. Church, we're coming together as the church. So it can be, the Sabbath can be a time, a space, a place. But then it's a both and, meaning because in Christ, and we just sang about it, oh, happy day, not just one day of the week, but every day for the life of a Christ follower. We can be free in Christ. We can rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ, amen? That, that's why we're coming together, by the way. Like the, the work of finishing the penalty of sin and death, we're coming together 
and we're celebrating that. But, but also for the believer, every day there's a Sabbath idea, a resting in the finished work of Christ. So we're going to look at a passage of Scripture, a couple passages, and try to just wrap our minds around this idea of where does Sabbath rest? Where, where does, how does it play out within our lives individually as families and then as the church, okay? So turn with me, or we'll have them up here too. We're going to start in Exodus. Just This is where this idea of Sabbath started. And some of you are like, oh, I'm, I'm familiar with this, Chris. And maybe some of you, this is a refresher, okay? But Exodus 20 says this. Remember the Sabbath day. This is God talking to the nation of Israel. Keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. And on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord. On it you shall not work. Your sons, your daughters, your servants, your animals, the, the sojourners within your gates, no work. For in six days the Lord, this is going back to page one of the Bible. For in six days the Lord made the heaven, the earth, the sea, the, and all that's in them. And then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So here we are hundreds, centuries and centuries later, past the first page of the Bible, and we've got the nation of Israel, God's chosen people that was going to usher in Jesus, his son. And he creates a very specific process, a very specific entity called the Sabbath day, right, for the nation of Israel. But it, it all echoes back to the first page of the Bible, the first part of creation, where there's this rhythm of you're going to work you're going to do things. You're going to accomplish things. You're going to be productive. You're going to drive, and you're going to make decisions. That all happened before the fall, before the curse. Adam and Eve, I think, had a lot of work to do in caring for the garden. All the animals and all of creation was under their authority, just like it is today. So there's that work. But God definitely had a plan to say, I'm going to institute a day to just quiet yourself down. Again, the motto of Maranatha, get away, quiet down, hear God speak, reflect on the rule and reign of Christ when you Sabbath, and that's what happened with the nation of Israel. Now, fast forward, I don't have two months to unpack Sabbath here with you. I've just got about 20 minutes left. But fast forward to the New Testament. Fast forward to the ultimate presence of God falling on humanity in the person of Jesus Christ. So fast forward millennia now, and God sends his son, John three sixteen. God loved the world so much, he sent his son, Jesus. God's presence is no greater found or recognized than in the New Testament when Jesus, God in the flesh, comes and sends his presence to be with us. And this whole idea of a day to Sabbath gets, like, the, the roof gets blown off of it. The paradigm shifts radically. And we're going to read a very specific account of how Jesus begins to unpack the Sabbath is no longer about just a day a week. But it's a whole concept for us as Christ followers to follow. So look at Matthew 12. Just the first couple of verses, there's, there's a series of stories where Jesus is confronted by these religious leaders, okay? Matthew 12, 1 through 2. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry. They began to pick uh, heads of grain and eat it. 
But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful to do on the Sabbath. And then we're going to fast forward to Matthew 12, 9 through 14, staying in that same chapter. They also try to corner Jesus for something else he does. It says he went on from there and entered their synagogue. And a man was there with a withered hand. And they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath, Jesus? And they wanted to accuse him. And Jesus said to them, which one of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath? Which one of you will, t- will not take hold of it and lift it out? Well, how much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man stretches out his hand and it was restored healthy like the other one. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him how to destroy him. So the second point, if you're looking at your like, the little handout, the second point is, how does Jesus respond to this idea of Sabbath? Obviously, God, the Father, the Son, together, page one of creation, instituted this idea of a rhythm of rest. Yes, work. Yes, work. Yes, accomplishing things. Be productive. But then Rest. And just like the Pharisees, the the religious leaders, and many other instances, this idea of, like, who does this man think he is? He's challenging our customs and our ways of going back to Exodus chapter 20. This man, Jesus, even said, hey, I can forgive sin. So they were upset with Jesus. And before we get too, you know, hard on the Pharisees, if our paradigm was one thing for centuries and centuries and centuries and someone comes along and says, oh, I'm gonna actually flip this upside down or I'm gonna, I'm gonna write it, we would maybe have an issue with that. And Jesus turns this whole thing right side up actually. Not upside down, but right side up going clear back, page one of creation. And he challenges them about the Sabbath. But he goes on to say, this points, this idea of rest and Sabbath for the Christian, for the Christ follower, for the one that's trusting in Christ, which many were about to do that with Jesus Christ. The whole thing goes way beyond a Sabbath day. So look back at Matthew 12. I skipped that middle section intentionally, Matthew 12, three through eight. Listen to this. So Jesus said to them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry, meaning King David, and those that were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which it was not lawful for him to do, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests? Or have you not read in the law how the Sabbath, on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known with what, what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. That turns this whole thing upside down when Jesus says, just like he had said earlier, like, hey, I forgive sins. And they were calling Jesus, what? A blasphemer. Like they wanted to stone him. They constantly were like, get rid of this guy. He thinks he's God. That's who he was. And yet, 
Jesus says, I'm the Lord of this day that you've been observing for centuries and centuries and centuries. I'm actually the Lord of this day. If you know your scriptures, Jesus says, I didn't come to abolish, right, do away with the law. I came to what? Fulfill it. I came to fill the law. So this idea, going way back before the, the term Sabbath even existed, and God says, you work, but you rest. There's a rhythm of creation, enjoying creation, and you need to steward it as well. This idea of working and stewarding and resting and working, there's just a rhythm to it. And the question is, in our lives, and guys, as a dad, as a father, and teenagers, and we're going and we're growing, we're doing all these kinds of things, this is a big challenge for me. Do I have a rhythm? Do I have a practice in my life? And dads, hear me on this one. Husbands, hear me on this one. In your household, is there, is there the resemblance of any sort of work and rest rhythm? And it might not be on the seventh day. But is it there in your personal life, in your family life, in your work life, in your church community life? Is there a rhythm in this church called Redemption Church? Is there a rhythm of, hey, great, we're getting children's ministry back going. We're off to work again. Here we go. But does the world look at this church and say, hey, they know how to work. But you know what? They also know how to rest. They know how to celebrate. They have fun together. And the world's got to see that rhythm to truly, I think, display the fullness of God. Not just how we're working and serving and doing and going. The Great Commission, that's, that's all very true and we should be a part of that. But just as importantly in our witness with one another and to the world, do you have a rhythm of rest built into your schedule, built into your family, your lives? And I want to go back to one chapter. So look back at, at Matthew and go one chapter back to chapter 11. See, the, Matthew, the, the author Matthew tells these stories of the Sabbath controversies, right? Immediately after quoting Jesus' words at the end of Matthew chapter 11. And Jesus says this in 28 through 30. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I'm gentle and lowly in heart, meaning peaceful. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And I don't know about you, I mean, we definitely live in a less populated state. There's not as much, you know, just, I think, controversy in my immediate area right around where I live in Nebraska, maybe as much as you feel in this densely populated area. Like I lived in LA for four years. Just the, the, the heaviness, the burdensome of just the, the, the mess of humanity, right? It's heavy. And if there was a time that we need to say, hey, we're coming back as a church, we're regrouping as a church so we can put this idea of rest in Jesus Christ on display for our people around us to see, Amen. That's why the church is needed now more than ever is families, as households, as individual believers, as a community coming together to put Jesus' rest, his gentleness, his peace, his yoke. It's not heavy and burdensome. We've got to model that in our own church and our own families. 
And my wife and I, Natalie, we love having hundreds of families out to our camp ministry to just remind them of this principle of the rest found in Christ. So Jesus was the one that was promised through all of Israel's prophets, the one who would restore the rhythms of creation. Going back to Genesis 2. But this time, Jesus was going to do a different kind of work, right? Genesis 2 said, God the Father created the universe in six days and then rested. This time, God the Son would finish a different kind of work. And what was it? To defeat sin and death. Not that we won't sin anymore. Not that we won't die. But the eternal consequences and separation of sin and death. Jesus would come and do the hard work and sacrifice of taking our sin on himself and defeating sin and the consequences of sin. And and it says the sting of death. Like eternal separation from God. And he's going to defeat all that. That also was some heavy lifting for Jesus, wasn't it? Just read the gospel. It was some heavy lifting for God the Son. But he finished the work. And then he returned to sit at the right hand of his Father, Scripture says. So we now can rest. That's the Sabbath. That's the Sabbath for the New Testament church for us. It's this new reality, not a day of the week. And Jesus wanted to set the the early Christians, he wanted to set the the nation of Israel free from just the, 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 the heavy load that they were under following the law, right? And the law, Scripture says, was never used to set people free. Like, I don't feel real free driving down the interstate, and I'm reminded every time, 75, 75, 75, 75. I don't feel free as I drive down the interstate. The law's there to point to something greater, maybe keeping me safe, I don't know. But that's the idea of Jesus in the gospel. It's not a day anymore, it's a new reality, and Jesus was gonna point to that new reality. And so what does this mean for us today? I just wrote down some thoughts here. Does it mean attending week, a weekly service? Well, what if we can't meet? What if it's just online? Is that, is that the Sabbath? Are, are we losing the Sabbath, being that we can't come back together, all of us? Well, now that we are, is this the Sabbath, you know? Is it a weekend church service? Is it turning off my work emails? Is it volunteering at a soup kitchen? Does it matter which day of the, of the week you observe a Sabbath? Your Sabbath could include all those activities, right? That, that, that rest. Or it could take place the same day every day. For example, here's something practical. For seven, eight years, my wife and I have got, we got two chairs in the living room. Like mom and dad's chairs. If we come out and one of our kids is in that chair, they're going to get it. No, just kidding. But they're like mom and dad's chairs. So we try to start. We don't do it perfectly by any means. But even this summer, running a camp in a global pandemic, we had to carve out some time. We called it like once a week having a long, slow morning where it's like we needed to get in that chair And we're reading our own things. We're doing our own things, you know, listening to worship music, reflecting. My wife is a journaler. I'm not as much. I try. Um, Spend some time just reflecting. Just try to be quiet. And then we have a brunch this summer, just our family, because we're tired of cafeteria food all summer long. (laughs) And we would just look at each other in the eyes. How you doing? 
maybe sing a song in acapella, which my kids hate that. They liked it a little better when they were younger. Um, read some scripture together. It's not rocket science, but just sort of like, like we were singing about, reminding ourselves of who we are in the midst of this insane wreck that we're in as a society and culture. And yet, as Christ ones, ones that have found like ultimate rest in Jesus, we can live differently. We can have a different mindset. And so we just find once a week, guys, that's our rhythm. And it doesn't happen like that every single week. But finding a space and a place for us is one way that we can just take a little rest. We can Sabbath, a brief pocket of time in our weekly schedule, in our daily schedule. You know, the, the text in Matthew, and boy, you can really unpack and study the Sabbath on your own. But it seems to emphasize the purpose rather than all the rules of what to do on a Sabbath. You know, so I'm just sharing with you a few things that, that, that we do as a family. But there's, there's a purpose and there's an intent of it. Jesus himself said, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. And the practice of the Sabbath is pure gold. It's not a commandment. I wrote this down. It's not a commandment we're bound to. It's a promise we're invited to. And I think as, I don't know, some of you have probably been walking with the Lord a long time. Some of you are maybe newer in your faith. Some of you are maybe still discovering what this following Jesus means or the Bible. What in the world can the Bible be trusted? But for me and our family, when we look at the to-dos in the Bible, the to-dos, the, the, the rules, the laws, let's say, if you think of that way as in Scripture. But if you see them as what we're invited into as opposed to what we need to do, what we gotta do, what we gotta do. There is a freedom in that. There's a rest in that. That the design of different things, how, how we're to live our lives, it's a guidebook of how to live our lives. And even this idea of resting that seems to be in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. In Mark chapter six, Jesus said to his disciples, hey, you're really busy and you're tired and you're worn out. Come away by yourselves. Come away to a quiet place and let's just rest together. This was like Jesus saying this to his disciples as they were getting it done in those three years before he was crucified. But there was this priority, this emphasis of come away. Remember whose you are. Remember why we're doing this. Remember you're loved on your worst days, on your best days. You're loved in Christ and his finished work. It takes the pressure off. And that's another thing I would say for my family and I. When you Sabbath rest, it's this little reminder that the pressure is off to perform. To perform for one another, right? I think a lot of those Jewish people that were heavy and they were burdened, they were performing for the religious leaders. They were just tired and worn out. And there was hundreds of different practices that people just invented that aren't even in Scripture about what to do on the Sabbath, what you can't do. Can't even heal a guy's hand for crying out loud, you know? Talk about oppressed. And I tell you what, for, for my family and I, just to press pause and just remember whose we are, there's so much freedom in that. There's celebration in that. So I, my wife and I were just thinking, okay, some other thoughts, some other practical steps. Like what does this mean for us today? 
I would love to take the time to be like, hey, what are you, how are you finding Sabbath? How are you finding, how are you, and just encourage each other, how are we resting? Matter of fact, in the regroups or however you're, however you're talking and gathering in smaller uh, settings than this, some of your homework might be to share with each other. Maybe chat online or whatever, like, how are you finding rest in this chaos? And again, rest doesn't mean just taking a nap. Like we're tired of being quarantined and, and, and having to stay in. Like that's not, I'm not talking about that kind of rest. But how are you reminding yourselves? How are you resting in Christ as a family to say, hey, we can be really busy and we're working and we're getting a lot done, but we're not missing the point. How are you doing that as a family? Or as a single person, as a young adult, as a student? Are you remind, do you have any sort of rhythm in your life to remind yourself of the rule and reign and the finished work of Jesus that we're just a part of? We get to enjoy that. We get to rest in that. Are you reminding yourself? So a couple, a couple last thoughts here. Take a break from the broken rhythms of hustle and bustle and the hardship. Take a break from that to just set aside some time of submission to Christ. Honestly, just coming here for an hour is taking a break from the brokenness all around us to remind ourselves of the presence of Christ. Take a break. Here's another thought. Take a break on the productivity, advancing things, driving things, scheduling things, consuming things. All those are fine, but are we not addicted to those things? Like I'm a driver type leader. We're addicted to those things so easily and then we get burnt out so easily. Things start falling apart at home, falling apart in my marriage, falling apart at work, falling apart in my walk with Christ. Those are all wonderful, fine, good things to be doing, producing, producing, producing. But the idea of the Sabbath, even the idea of God creating creation in six days, he stopped producing on that last day. So maybe you look at your week, look at your day. Do I have anything built into my schedule, how I live my life, where I stop, whew, stop producing, stop trying to be productive, stop, stop trying to you know, teach my children, get them headed in the right way, instructing, just, just pause. Now that doesn't mean just don't do anything because then chaos is gonna really ignite in your household if you got kids around. But be intentional with that pause. Do something different than producing, 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 producing. That's one practical way we found is we know we're Sabbathing when we're not producing, producing, producing. Hey, see, there's my alarm to be finished. A couple last thoughts. Frequent a space or place. Frequent it. Like raise your hand, and you're not showing off, but just raise your hand. If you have a space or place where you kind of Sabbath on a regular basis. Okay, there's a few of us. For us, it's that chair. Kid, get out of my chair. That's where I Sabbath, right? It's a space and a place where I regularly, I, I, I renew myself, mind, body, soul. Think about a space and a place that you're frequenting. And here's my last thought. If you work all week with your mind, like I do, I'm a lot of meetings and moving people forward and moving ideas forward and uh, canceling that and starting that, and you're really working with your mind a lot, when I Sabbath rest, I do something maybe with my hands or my feet. Like I, I do something active with my body physically and I find it gives me rest. 
and it renews my strength. It gives, it's life-giving to do something sort of physical. On the other hand, maybe if you work all week with your hands physically, maybe do something restful with your mind. It's an interesting way to think about it with how God's made you, how you're designed, maybe your work. And then the most spiritual thing my wife says to do is take a nap, right? Rest your body physically as a form of Sabbath. Just some different ideas that we're trying to encourage families in our ministry at Maranatha. I want to encourage you as well. As you regroup as a church, as you want to get going again, don't forget the rhythm of rest. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I hope these words were encouragement, were life-giving because they're your words. Lord, even if they're just one or two points, I pray that someone would, would walk out this door thinking, hey, how am I practicing the rhythm of rest in my life that reflects Jesus in my life. And others will take notice and they'll ask, why do you have rest? Why do you have peace? You seem to have joy that's uncommon right now. Lord, it's because of this ultimate rest we have in Christ and we gotta weekly, daily, regularly practice that, Lord, to keep it in full view. Thank you, Jesus, for meeting us here this morning on this day of Sabbath. Amen.